Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. This is the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup Championship Final Review Show as we will discuss that fantastic final match where the Houston Dynamo defeated Inter-Miami by a final of two goals to one. But before I even get to talk about that final, folks, just for one moment, please. I have to tell you something. I have to tell you all of this because, my goodness, CBS Sports, you absolutely did a fantastic job of covering the championship match, the national championship match of American soccer for the game in this country. What can you say when CBS Sports has taken the bull by the horns day one in the middle of a two to three year deal with Turner Sports when they had the UEFA Champions League and when they lost those rights in the next contract negotiations to CBS Sports for the next round, Turner said, fine, we're not going to get it, and we're in the middle of it. We're getting all these complaints from all these soccer fans. Well, guess what? If you think CBS Sports can do a better job, well, let them do it. And let them do what they did, and look at what they have done up to this point. There is, without a single doubt, that CBS Sports with their properties of the UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Europa League, the new Conference League, the Serie A seasons, the Argentine Primera seasons, the Brasileiro seasons, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, CONCACAF Nations League, and now... The U.S. Open Cup. Now, granted, granted, all they did was take the signal from the regular offices of Vistalink in South Florida. But what did they do in between the halves in the matches that they broadcasted? On their brand new Golazo network, why they gave a halftime show. They showed highlights. They showed past matches that were already played. Highlights, halftime highlights of other halftime of other matches at the same time. Studio work. 
in between games on the Galazzo Network. And now, now, Kate Abdo, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies, Paramount Plus, CBS Sports Network desk, pitch side, along with Susanna Collins and Nico Cantor doing interviews by the benches. And then, of course, Andreas Cordero, Ray Hudson on the call, Christina Uncle, our rules analyst for CBS Sports, MLS, and anyone else. They have done an amazing job of calling and covering the Open Cup Championship. But at the same time, at the same time, what did we see pre-match show was unbelievable. Now, granted, it was a horrible thunderstorm, rainstorm, torrential rain coming down. They could not start off at the desk at 7 o'clock Eastern, so they were at their CBS Sports HQ desks with a temporary setup just in case inclement weather was going to somewhat interfere with the broadcast. And it did. But then when the rain was over, here comes the big people ready to go. But what an introduction video showing Miami as a, as a soccer hub for all of us. Talking about how the game has been influenced in Miami and especially with Messi coming over. That was fantastic. That was very good. But then, the voice of Clark Hunt, owner of FC Dallas and the son of the former owner of FC Dallas, the Columbus Crew, and Sporting Kansas City, of Lamar Hunt. As we all know, his name has been dedicated to the Open Cup Tournament to talk about how the two teams got to the final, but as well as comparing the Open Cup to the NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four Tournament March Madness. That was unbelievable. And then the next montage calling the Open Cup the People's Cup. Talking about the history of when this tournament got started, along with other important historical facts, both in politics and in sports. Canical marvels like Henry Ford and his Model T cars starting production. Being a New York Yankee fan that I am, I knew their original name were the New York Highlanders playing by Washington Heights at Hilltop Park and then changing their names to the New York Yankees. And then 
the clubs before Major League Soccer was ever even a glimpse in anyone's eye. The amateur clubs, or at that time professional clubs, that won the Open Cup. Bethlehem Steel, the New York Greek Americans, the New York Pennsylvania Freedoms, Fall River Marksmen, Sticks, Fuller, and Bear, Maccabee SC, and so on, and so on, and so on, and showing the Rochester Raging Rhinos defeating the Colorado Rapids in 1999 as the only lower-level division side to win the Open Cup against an MLS team. Two other teams we know tried, like in Charleston and with Sacramento, but they just could not do it. But still, to show the crests and the badges of those lower division clubs that have won championships to be highlighted and to see those teams who have cup-setted MLS sides like the San Francisco Seals and then post-match shows, post-match interviews telling MLS teams, maybe you should respect us now because of we just, what we just did to you. Unbelievable. This is why I want to be positive. This is why I believe Major League Soccer, no, I'm sorry, not Major League Soccer, the U.S. Open Cup, in my opinion, should be in the hands of CBS Sports. And you know what? Let me also say this. Telemundo got a very positive rating as well along with their coverage on Peacock. NBC also did very well on the Open Cup Championship Final. Andreas Cantor on the call for Peacock and Telemundo. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I have been hoping for. This is what I have been begging for. Now, granted, ESPN has done a very good job when they've had the Open Cup. Take nothing away from them. But CBS elevates it like I never thought it could be. You know, when we ask for the care and the positivity and the professionalism about the Open Cup, CBS gave us what we wanted. CBS is telling all of us the cup matters. Now, I think we are in good hands with what CBS has done, not just for European football and South American football, but for our region as well. And this is where I truly believe they need to take it over completely. That's right. I'm saying it right now. CBS Sports, Viacom, if you are listening to this program right now, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, 
anyone from CBS Sports. Please, please take over the entire Open Cup tournament starting next year. From the opening round all the way to the final. Now, you have the opportunity and the means to do so with the Paramount Plus website and app, CBS Sports Galazzo Network. Hell, I would put a match or two matches on CBS Sports Network. I would. I really would. This is an opportunity that I believe they cannot pass up. They have come in big time, folks. Everything that they have done from pre-match to the broadcast to the post-match, it was incredible and unbelievable. Nothing makes me prouder than to see a sports network that truly cares about the product and the properties that they manage and broadcast the right way. But let me also say this, and I'm, I'm a reasonable person, folks. I'm a reasonable man. And I'm going to say this. If CBS Sports doesn't want to take on every single match of every single round, and as we all know, Turner Sports is the official broadcast partner for U.S. soccer, for the men's team and the women's team, I say show some matches on the Bleach Report YouTube page. I would also entertain NBC to use their Peacock website to stream some games, and I would welcome back ESPN to the fold for their ESPN Plus service and show some games there as well. I am not opposed to it. In fact, I would love for anyone and everyone to join forces with CBS Sports to broadcast the Open Cup, but CBS Sports has the rights to show not just not just the semifinal but the final as well. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm saying. Allow CBS Sports to continue to broadcast the semifinal and the final. Allow them to run their master, their masterwork broadcasting this match. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, there's going to be a winner. And unfortunately, there will be a loser. And we have to go second place first. Joining me from uh, Football Miami TV, Peter Brown on the Miami, inter-Miami side of things. And Peter, uh, good evening. Welcome back to the show. I, I know it's a tough loss, obviously, an opportunity for a double championship season yeah. when it didn't really think it would happen for inter-Miami. But without a doubt, look, without Messi and with Messi, Miami had a hell of a run, and you cannot take that away from them. Yeah, no, because what, what – people tend to forget is that Phil Neville coaching this team and the kind of scrub of a team that we had for the majority of the MLS season got us to this point. Messi only, you know, kind of got in there in the semifinals and, and, and obviously didn't play a part in the finals. So 
we're definitely very proud of the team for getting to this point. Uh, obviously, it's a big letdown. But at the end of the day, I mean, we do have one trophy in the case uh, this year, and I think most teams would be happy to get a trophy. So League's Cup is in the trophies case in just a very short uh, period of time in the lifespan of this team. But, yeah, it was a big letdown. You know, we went into this game a little bit uh, uh, confident, I would say, you know, to, expecting to do much better than what, than what we did. Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I mean, you know, watching the start of the match, and we'll get to the messy part in just a moment, but, you know, I, I know they tried their best, but they really didn't look that good in the first half. I, I really no. thought they were lacking a little bit in the energy department. And, you know, even Steve Trondolo, the head coach of LAFC, has been saying everyone's tired on their team. They've been playing so many matches, so many games, you know, being scheduled this season with the new League's Cup. Do you think that has also come a foul towards Miami's run in the Open Cup final? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, I, I know Tata Martino, our head coach, has said the same thing. And they definitely look fatigued. Like, look, you know, just a couple games ago, when our young guy, Benjamin Kramaski, I mean, he's what, 18, 19 years old. He's pretty young. And he was looking at the sidelines just like, hey, you know, sub me out. And this is just a few games ago. And, and they, they took a little while to, to, to take him out. But even a young player like that looking uh, fatigued when, you know, you expect someone like him to be able to run for days. So, yeah, the teams are definitely fatigued. And, and you know, the league definitely needs to address that with, uh, you know, allowing uh, for, you know, more money and, and, and more roster spots and all that. Cause, you know, for Inter-Miami, it's going to be a similar situation that, uh, that LAFC had. And, you know, we're going to be in the Champions Cup next year. So we're going to have the Champions Cup, the League's Cup. We're going to have the, the MLS season, you know, you Open Cup, all these extra games, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna uh, be tired. Having said all that, I think uh, Tata really did a great job preparing the team. I, I can't blame it all on fatigue. It just that's just an excuse. I don't think they were prepared. That's really really uh, tough to hear that because I think you know as well as I do, Tata Martino is such a. dedicated and decorated head coach, obviously Barcelona, Argentina national team, Mexico national team, Atlanta United, uh, now with Inter Miami going forward. It's just really hard to fathom that Tato Martino, with all of his experience, that um, he just wasn't preparing the team properly for a cup final. That's just very strange to to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he did – what he can do, but it just, that's what it looks like. It looked like they were, they were disconnected. It wasn't just tired, lazy balls, uh, bad passes left and right. Uh, you know, indecision on Joseph Martinez at, at, at trying to score a goal, uh, you know, in the first half, it's just lots of, of that kind of stuff that it can't all be blamed on fatigue. And so at the end of the day, who else do you, you know, besides it, just the players having to obviously own up to their part of it, but so does the coach and the staff. They have to take some blame in this. And, and you know, from what we understand, that the, the team didn't uh, – the full starting lineup did not train the day before together. So it was still undecided, I think, as to who was going to be in that starting lineup. And that may have played a part in, in the, uh, the just lack of cohesion. Um, obviously – 
that opening goal from Houston really was the start of the downfall. Um, and and the, the penalty that was awarded in Houston was also really a tough one to swallow. Obviously, um, it was in the area. I don't know if he even got the ball, uh, the tackler, no. but that really was very difficult to see Miami going down 2-0. Hell, it could have been 4-0. If my if Houston did not tag a couple of extra balls into the net uh, past Calendar and you know Calendar's had a hell of a revival this year. All of my, all in for Miami had a revival this year in that League's Cup, and I really thought they're going to do something magical here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we we felt pretty confident because you know I, I I guess I don't know a ton about Houston. I'm not following Houston, but. You know, I know they've got a couple of good players, and, and I know they're doing well in MLS. But I, I just thought, look, the, I think the East this year in the, in the MLS is much better than the West. So, I, I, you know, we felt pretty confident that even without Messi, even without Jordi Alba, you know, we, we could, we could uh, make a difference here. But, you know, even players like Busquets looked kind of out of place in this game. You know, he, I know the people wonder, you know, if Busquets can't comes on a team in MLS, does he have enough legs really to, to you know, put a, a big impact on the game? And by himself as the only big star, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have the legs. He doesn't. He he he. Uh, I thought felt like there was a drop off. Now when he has Messi on the field and Jordi Alba, they work so well together. It's a whole different kind of thing. But also, not only you can't only blame it on him. Uh, Tata decided to go with his boy Gomez. He seems to love this young kid who is just came back from injury. This was his first game back from injury. I just don't think you put a young kid in to a final on his first game back from injury. Bring him in the second half if you want. Arroyo should have started uh, in the middle of that field. He, he, would, he could have broken up a lot of the more plays than, than Gomez. He's just – he's – he gives the ball away too much. Wasn't happy at all with that decision. No, I agree with you there. Uh, but at least he did make some fantastic substitutions in the second half. They were playing a lot better in the second half, even though nothing came into the net until second half stoppage time with Joseph Martinez finally putting one in to make it 2-1. And let's not also forget the 3-0 goal that got wiped out due to VAR yeah. because uh, Carrasquillo was offside. So you did get a, you did get a break right there. Yeah, and that second half, uh, you know, the, the lineup should have been the starting lineup. Uh, they, they definitely was some uh, new blood in there. There's some life in the team. Had they played like that the entire game, I, it may have been different. And like you said before, though, it, it, that penalty in the first goal, the first goal is a great, it's a tough angle, and keepers should have probably done better with that. But it's a great goal. But that, that penalty really killed us. And you know, I, I it, you know, I, you know how one goal can just change an entire game and seem to. But you know, they they late in the game, I think, you know, they started firing back, and it was exciting. I'll, I'll tell you this: it was an exciting game. You know, this is definitely uh, this is the first time that I can think of, and, and at least in a very long time, that I've gone to a game that had real meaning. Because you know, if you go to an MLS game, you know. There's always next week. If, if you can always make up points, if you, you get a draw, you lose. There's always next week. Well, this is a final. There is no next week for this game, and so it was an amazing atmosphere, and it was super exciting to be a part of that. I think the only other time we've had something similar to that in in the last you know 10, 15 years, when the Fort Lauderdale Strikers were in the championship game, <laughs> they also lost. 
So we're we're kind of used to it down here. <laughs> Let's not go there. Come on. You got better days, Peter, better days. And, and now you will talk about Messi. You know, look, obviously um, I wanted him in the final. I mean, I know you wanted him in the final. Everybody wanted him in the Open Cup final. But, I mean, he came straight over from Paris. No break, no nothing. Straight shot into League's Cup. I, you know, granted, he got you that League's Cup championship, but uh, it, whose fault is that? Is that Messi's fault? Because I know he wants to please everybody. Is it Tata's fault for n- not taking him out when he should have or allowing Messi to take over his decisions of when to play him, when not to play him? You know, wh- because I think you you like the tweet I wrote that said, you know, he's going to be here for the next two, three years besides this right. year. You know, I mean, isn't it better to save him and be ready for next year and not worry about what's left over? At least let him play in the final in the Open Cup and not, don't even bother with him with the remainder of the year. Yeah, well, I, I can't blame Tata for playing him a lot in the League Cup. I mean, you want to come into this thing, into this project, you know, all guns, you know, blazing. And so did Apple TV, so did MLS. You know, they, they, they turned a tournament that I don't know if, many people really cared about into something that was must watch TV. So I can't blame him for pushing him and whether it's Messi pushing himself or Tata pushing him, I can't blame him for that. Should he have maybe sat out a couple more MLS games? Uh, you know, I think there was one or two that he, that if I remember that he played in a little bit, but you know, he sat out of the Orlando game. You know, what, what to me, what it is, they're lying to us about how serious his injury is. You know, Tata says it's not an injury. It's just muscle fatigue, scar, some sort of scar tissue or something. But they just call, keep calling it fatigue. It clearly is more than that because if it was just fatigue, Messi would play in the final. You know, he would overcome yes. the fatigue for a final. But if it's a more of a serious injury, something that can be aggravated and made worse, then, of course, you have to sit him. And so that's clearly what it is although they are lying to everybody about as far as how serious it is. What I wonder is we're on the outside looking in uh, to the MLS Cup playoffs. Does Messi play at all in the rest of this MLS season? Now, Tata said they are not shutting him down for the MLS season, but he also is saying it's not really an injury. So we can't really necessarily believe him. You know, so will Messi even play in MLS again in 2023? And it probably is smart to shut him down for exactly what you said, because he's here for the long haul. And then next year he could play every other game if that's what it takes. And this is the danger. And Messi, of course, you, everybody's going to take Messi. No matter how old he is, you're going to take him. But this is the risk you take of bringing in such old players. I've always been, you know, people love to mention, especially with Inter-Miami, every over the hill or older player that can still play is always linked to come here. Every single player you could think of, they talk about Iniesta, everybody, they're all coming here. And, and generally I don't want them because I'd rather go younger, but of course, Messi is that deal breaker that no matter what you make that deal happen. But this is the risk of having those older guys because it's not just Messi. Jordi Alba's out too. So he also maybe gets shut, shut down. Yep. And that's and that's the risk you run here, unfortunately. And even when Thierry Henry came over to play for the Red Bulls, I mean, you know, he was 
He went on loan back to Arsenal for a couple of games. He comes back. He's off to a roaring start, scoring nine goals so fast. Next thing you know, he pulls a a very bad hamstring injury, and he's out for the next two months because of uh, the loan deal he had at Arsenal when he was supposed to be on vacation. And so, you know, I remember that. And, I mean, he came back and was his old self, but he wasn't scoring at the rate that he was at the start of that season when he uh, pulled his hamstring trying to remember back in 2011, 2012, I think that's when it was that it happened to Henri, but still though, I know what you're talking about. Um, You know, finally for me, um, no one does it bigger and better than in Miami, obviously. Um, I don't know if you're able to DVR the broadcast off CBS sports network, or you able to save something from the Paramount plus app on the open cup, but you know, if you saw the video of how they talked about Miami, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how soccer is a part of the fabric of the city, you as a Miami native, South Floridian, South Floridian, how, how happy were you to see that, or at least were mentioned about it? Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um, I do have Paramount Plus, so I, I would assume I can uh, rewatch it and a replay. I don't know if they're, if it's up there for that, but I would assume it may be. So I definitely need to go back and rewatch it, but uh yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's it's amazing to see uh, everybody wearing pink jersey. I mean, not just in South Florida, around the world, but that that is the Messi effect. You know, we're now the number one selling jersey. I think the number just released number one and number two selling jersey in MLS being Messi, and then Joseph Martinez, I think, was number two. So it's definitely caught on down here. You know, it is a fickle sports market in South Florida, so people love the stars. And when the stars don't show up, you know, they get upset and they don't necessarily go to games. But go, going down to Miami and seeing all these murals painted for welcoming Messi in Wynwood, it's great. And, and seeing, you know, when you wear your soccer jersey to the mall and people, you know, say something to you, whereas in the past, eh, nobody cared. You know, so there, there's definitely a level of excitement down here than there wasn't here. And a, a good chunk of that is, is, you know, David Beckham and Jorge Mas doing a great job, but also, uh, you, you know, you can't diminish what Messi has done, obviously. And, and w- but he's only here for a short time. You know, they, another big news story, I don't know if you want to get into it, is, but the ticket prices here have just been released for We'll get to that at another they, time, Peter. We'll, okay. Well, no, we'll get to that. And we'll get that they, in another time. I'll have you back on about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, still, though, uh, really – Really fun stuff with the Open Cup. Once again, you know, unfortunately Miami went down, but be proud of them, and hopefully they'll make another run next year in 2024. Peter, as always, thank you for joining me. Love to have you on to talk about Inter-Miami and South Floridian football. I will talk to you again soon, my friend. Have a good night. Enjoy the weekend. All right. Thanks. I'm always available. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Peter Brown, Football Miami TV, as unfortunately for Inter-Miami, they fell to the Houston Dynamo, but of course – Now we move on to the winners. And, of course, that is Mr. Derek Stowers covering Houston Dynamo for Bayou Soccer City. Derek, welcome back to the show. Congratulations, the Houston Dynamo second Open Cup championship. And did you expect this to happen? Did you expect this team to come out of nowhere? And basically, they dominated. I I, I mean, you have to say it. They dominated the entire match. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me back. Um, 
You know, it's really tough to say. I mean, it's been kind of – the Dynamo have been this entire season have been kind of where are they? Is this kind of the time that Ted Siegel, you know, our majority owner, his investments starting to pay off? And we're starting to see that. I mean, not just with the U.S. Open Cup, but in the regular season as well. Um, And that's, I think, a pretty good measure of where uh, where we are. Uh, especially when you win silverware is always always great. Um, I don't know how how uh, this particular game was going to go. You know the whole thing <clears throat> with Messi. You know, for for a head coach, that's something that you have to prepare for. But at the same time, that's not in your you know in your deck of cards per se. You know you have to plan if he's going to be there, plan if he's not going to be there, and. That's that's a lot of work, especially when you consider the Dynamo had been playing, you know, double week games. I think in back to back weeks. So that's and then you've got a Cup final coming up. So very congested. I wasn't sure that they were going to come out running the way they did. So Ben Olsen really did a fantastic job of getting his side ready and motivated in front of you know. Uh, <laughs> Miami fans in, that want to see Messi, but want to see Miami do well and win this cup. So just the way I was so impressed with how they came out, considering the, the amount of uh, work and different levels of preparation um, that they had to do. So credit Ben Olsen and credit the players for, for being ready and uh, executing his game plan. Oh, absolutely. And let me also say this. Um, it's amazing to see because all the years that Ben Olsen has been at DC United, obviously as a player and a head coach, no one ever thought he would ever leave there unless he's going to be done with coaching. Um, and then of course, when they parted ways, he takes a break for a year or two, comes back, Houston picks him up. And then all of a sudden this year was such a, an amazing, I, I mean, I, I mean, an amazing transformation doing very well at home, kind of suspect on the road. You would agree to that. But then they're on the road for this final, and they come out like gangbusters. And then Griffin, Dor- Dor- Griffin Dorsey, uh, to me, smasher, nailed that top shelf, tight angle. I could not believe in the 24th minute he buried that ball. Yeah, you know, he he's been – Let's see, some of my notes I wrote, uh, <laughs> he's having a renaissance. You know, he, he formerly had been a uh, a winger, so he's used to getting up the field. And then over time, you know, as, as it comes with some forwards, especially less experienced forwards, you kind of get pushed back into more conservative roles because you have to, uh, as a manager, you have to be able to, to score more consistently. But he is finding in, in this system – He's got the confidence now to, to make runs. He's got his head up and looking for passing. But then he's got the confidence to take that shot from a, you know, what kind of crazy angle. And this isn't the first one of those he's done this year. He had one in the uh, the League's Cup against Santos, not from that kind of angle, but from outside the 18. And it's like, this is your wing back scoring goals like that. I mean, if you if you can do that, I mean, that's got to really motivate the other forwards uh, as well. And I think that whole top line and uh, the midfield, especially for the first half, uh, and I'm going to include Griffin Dorsey in the 
<laughs> as one of the guys up top just for that goal. But I think they all did their job, you know, almost to a T. In fact, I mean, the only knock on them is they really didn't score more. And uh, <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is. No, absolutely. I agree with you there because, I mean, the truth is Dorsey scores a hell of a goal. Penalty gets awarded to the Dynamo. Um, Bossy converts that in the 33rd minute. Uh, Karaskia, uh, unfortunately, his goal gets wiped out because VAR saw him just just offside when the ball was played because that could have been – I mean, I thought that was game, set, and match until VAR intervened. And then, of course, all of a sudden – Miami gets that uh, that that one they pull back in the beginning of second half stoppage time, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's no way the Miami's going to get that equalized, but at the same time, you never know what's going to happen here. And you must have been feeling, and every Dynamo supporter feeling, <laughs> oh, my God, no, this can't happen. Yeah, that that's, um, you know, the, the most dangerous lead is uh, – Two nothing. I, I say that all the time whenever I'm beating one of my friends at FIFA. You know, the most dangerous lead, and then he will occasionally get a two nothing lead on me, and then he'll say the exact same thing, just kind of mockingly. But it's true. I mean, you know, one goal can really pull things back, and it would have been nice uh, if we had gotten that third or uh, Karaskia had finished some of his other ones. He had a couple tap-ins that he could have nailed. Herrera nearly hit one from distance. Corey Baird had one or two that were pretty close. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it just one of those goes in. It, it becomes a, a the, the fabric of the game, the makeup of the game uh, becomes very different. And just holding on to that 2 nothing lead, watching the clock, I mean, yeah, you, you're dead on. I mean, every, every Dynamo fan is just like, come on, get it over. Let's blow that whistle. And then, you know, they score one because they catch us uh, – they ju- they just catch us off. I mean, we we weren't necessarily ready. We had just made a substitution uh, to try and shore things down, but they played it really well, pretty quickly as soon as they were allowed to play it, and uh, ball goes through Andrew Tarbell's legs. So <laughs> after after that, you just have to keep holding on. And now I was really impressed with uh, the defense as a whole. I mean, I know a lot of. Uh, the first talk and stuff is very positive uh, during the first half of the Dynamo. But the second half, I thought, even though Miami had come, uh, began to assert their own pressure, uh, the defense actually, they, they read things pretty well, even though Miami was finally starting to get some shots, just the way that they were reading the, uh, the gaps for the, for the passes and stuff, they made things really tough. But it, it just goes to show, like, it just takes that one instant for the game to kind of suddenly go from a very comfortable 2 nothing lead to a very uncomfortable 2-1 lead. Uh, but, you know, a win count, you know, it, a trophy, whether you win by eight goals or you win by one, it, you won the trophy, and that's what matters the most. Very true, because that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, I obviously – Great support from Dynamo fans making the trek from Houston, Texas to South Florida and Fort Lauderdale. But you need to have a chat with a couple of your Houston Dynamo supporters. How in the hell, how in the hell 
do they wear their burnt orange jerseys and have Messi's name and number on the back of them? That is a jersey foul, my friend. That's a yellow card per fan wearing those jerseys. What the hell happened? Hey, hey, uh, you're pre- you're preaching to the the right person here. I mean, I need to. You know, <laughs> you know it was really funny, and this is just an aside. I remember um, back when Zlatan had first signed with the LA Galaxy. I saw right outside the press box because I sit on the outside typically. There was a fan who was just hanging out, and he, over whoever's jersey it was, he had just put a piece of masking tape and wrote Zlatan. And I'm like, it, it's funny. I mean, um, the fact that some of these guys, like to me, that's funny because you can take the tape off. Um, but yeah, the fact that you're, some of these people are paying fans or, you know, they're paying fans, uh, paying for something that isn't going to happen. All right. I know that. If, I, I don't know. It's messy. He gets, he gets a little bit. That's why I guess you're saying yellow card, not red. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not uh, that cruel. I'm I'm not that cruel. I I will forgive them a little bit, but because they won the they won the you guys won the Open Cup, but I'm it's it, it's a jersey foul. It's nothing that malicious. All right. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing that uh, soccer fans have done. I'm sure that there's. There are plenty of other of the same offenses, you know. Uh, they need to start flagging that if you're sitting in the supporter section. So, but yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. We can't have that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, once again, though, Andrew Tarbell really didn't have much to work with. I mean, barely was in the match. Miami just did not put anything on frame except for Martinez's chance that really beat him clean. But other than that, Tarbell really was not involved heavily in this matchup. Was that strange to see that happen? Um, well, you know, like I was mentioning, well, it, it was a little unusual that he was going to be the starting goalkeeper over Steve Clark. Uh, I haven't really found out uh, any any answer to that as to why, but Andrew Tarbell, plenty of experience in this league. Um, and I think, you know, it's good when your goalkeeper isn't doing much. It means he's communicating and your back line's communicating. And one of the things, like I was mentioning, that the defense just read the passing and made things difficult. They were the first ones, you know, if Tarbell would parry something or somebody would block a shot or, you know, head it away, our guys were the, some of the first ones to it until late in the game where they started to uh, hold their numbers even further back so they couldn't do anything. But throughout throughout the game, for the most part, you saw a lot of um, the Dynamo were so good at winning the ball in advanced positions. Like we had a double pivot of Artur and Ache Ache. And the nice thing that part of Ben Olsen's strategy was it allowed uh, – Ache Ache usually, sometimes Artur, uh, to go up and the other one stays back so that they can win the ball in those higher-up areas, which helps with the press. Um, and that, that takes some of the pressure off of your your back line. It saves their legs for when they do need to chase down those uh, those counterattacks and things like that. So there, there were a lot of different things that I think 
really worked out defensively. But also, you know, when you're doing that, it aids your offense because now you're winning the ball in favorable areas. You've caught the other team kind of, you know, out of position or they haven't had time to set up for a defensive position yet to step to the different players. Um, so it was just back to front, I think, pretty good, even though towards the second half we definitely came back a little bit because they were pushing forward a little bit. Um, and that's kind of what what you do. But, you know, no notes other than, you know, getting uh, caught flat-footed. They made things tough, like you said, um, where Tarbell didn't have to do much. And, you know, I'm pretty sure every goalkeeper would say, that was a great game that I had. I didn't have to do much of anything. Absolutely. And it's just amazing. Um, did you uh, go to the event at Shell Energy Stadium? Uh, no, Taking I a didn't, picture but... with uh, both Open Cups? <laughs> no, I, I couldn't make it, unfortunately. But we had uh, some of our guys from uh, Bayou City Soccer that were uh, – that went so they they got some nice photos and you know especially just one of the things that Ted Siegel has done is redo parts of the stadium we're now not the the orange seats anymore they're kind of black little light blue some orange here and there but it's got Houston written across the back with the downtown skyline so you just add some trophies with that entire experience and it's pretty special I think no it really is and you know, I, I can't for I can't forget to tell you that seeing James Harden celebrating <laughs> the second goal converted on the penalty, how he was screaming for that was really awesome. And you know, look, uh, great final, great job by the Dynamo by Ben Olsen, uh, getting your second Open Cup two and zero in the final uh, in the Open Cup, and uh, let's see what they can uh, do the double, uh, not the double, I should say, but let's see if they can get back to the Open Cup final next year, and good luck in the Champions Cup uh, next year as well. So it's going to be a lot of uh, matches for Houston in 2024 for you, Derek. It's going to be a lot of matches to cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I mean, that's that's the price of winning, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Thanks again, my friend, for joining me tonight, and I will talk to you again soon. Take care, and congratulations once again. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Derek Stowers, ladies and gentlemen, from Bayou City Soccer, as the Houston Dynamo are your 2023 U.S. Open Cup champions. The National Championship of American Soccer is back in the state of Texas, and it's in H-Town all orange and black. So it's just a very amazing final, what we saw. Uh, tough not to have Lionel Messi in it, but once again, it was a, str- it was a good final. Uh, was not a blowout. Could have been, but it wasn't. And the Dynamo defeat Inter-Miami by a final of two goals to one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, join me this coming Tuesday for another regular 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Should be a fun one to get in touch with, and uh, it's going to be great. I will have on Fabian Reinkel from, Air, from Area Sportsnet in the Bay Area, on the John Fisher, who is the owner of not only the Oakland Athletics, but the San Jose Earthquakes, and he's having another stadium situation. We'll get to that with him as well. And uh, Charlotte FC analyst joining me on the show as well. This will, I will be joined by Miss Jessica Sharman 
It should be a lot of fun. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care of so long and have a good night. Bye-bye for now.